0: How can you possibly continue growth and protect what I call the heart of Jersey, the essence of Jersey? And, and so we're now looking and having to look, we're being forced to look at what can we do? Can we break away from the growth is good kind of thesis and move to another one?
1: Baileywick podcast with me Fiona Potney. Population, population, population. Figuring out whether the number of people in Jersey ought to be going up or down, and resolving the pressures that both of those options bring, is a conundrum that successive governments have failed to resolve. Covid swept the discussion off the agenda, but Brexit and the housing crisis have pushed population policy firmly back into focus. Contrary to what some might think, population policy isn't just a list of levers for controlling immigration, like work permits and housing permissions. Instead, it sets out a vision for what living in Jersey will be like in future, and aims to overcome impending challenges like who is going to look after our growing group of elderly islanders, and how will we stop the brain drain of skilled local youngsters? Some politicians are of the firm view that growing the population is a price we have to pay for growing the economy. We need a regular supply of talented workers to keep the island thriving, they say. Others say that there are simply too many people in Jersey, and that if we don't want the island's critical infrastructure like hospitals, schools and reservoirs to start buckling, we need a strategy to start slashing numbers. But Deputy Kirsten else suggests this binary thinking is out of date and that Jersey needs a Goldilocks approach. He wants the island to aim for net zero migration, the same number of people leaving as entering each year, and suggests that to achieve this, maybe we ought to start measuring our island's success in well-being rather than monetary terms. I spoke to him about why he thought his vision was just right and started by asking him why he believes it has taken Jersey so long to come up with a population policy.
0: If you look beyond this government at uh, all governments' kind of through the last twenty or thirty years, it's because I believe it's because it's a really scary, very complex question that that government has been unwilling to get to grips with. Because the big downside, if they get it wrong, in government's mind, I believe, is economic downturn, is pressuring the economy to the extent that it you know it um, starts failing in some way or other. So I think that's basically why. No government has really actually got to grips with it yet. I I think the downside is too large from their perspective or government's perspective. And the actual matter itself is exceedingly complex.
1: And so you used the word scary there. There are a lot of questions that get thrown up when we talk about population policy. You've talked about the economic side. What other elements might cause that fear or anxiety when considering how a population policy might be put together?
0: Well... population is all sorts of things it's um it kind of with, without population you don't have society and so you need a certain kind of uh, critical mass of population in order to attract various um not just activities partly economic activities but also social activities for instance we would have fewer flights um to jersey if we didn't have probably around a hundred thousand people you start if we if jersey was to go back below that to kind of 80 90,000 people, then you probably would see EasyJet pulling away and saying, you know what, it's not really in our interest anymore, Than the same with British Airways. And so you start to lose connectivity like that. Obviously, social, um, social matters, so whether it's kind of events and concerts, again, you need a kind of critical mass of population to get lots of concerts happening or lots of social events happening. And so the, from a population perspective, the idea that you reduce population, in most politicians' minds, I suspect, and by that I mean politicians everywhere, and certainly in economists' minds, is that a reducing population would lead to um, a less interesting place to live, let's say. Um, and obviously from an economic perspective, they would argue that it means a less financially capable place of living.
1: So does that mean growth is good then?
0: And that's the big um, conundrum, because growth has been good in politicians' minds and economists' minds for for. Decades if not centuries that that's been the simple equation growth means better standard of living and Where we are now and certainly Jersey I believe is honestly at the forefront of this in many ways at a global level is is having to look um, at our Incredibly constrained landmass and say hold on a sec. We've we've already got let's say 110,000 people living here That works out at over 2,000 people per square mile. That's a really high population density for, for anywhere and how many more people can we cram in here without destroying the essence of Jersey? And certainly in my mind, and I believe in many islanders' minds, the real essence of Jersey as a geography is the countryside, the beaches, the, that sense of being able to be remote whilst actually you're not far from, from anywhere. Um, town is just a few minutes away wherever you are. And so how can you possibly continue growth and protect what I call the heart of Jersey, the essence of Jersey. And and so we're now looking and having to look, we're being forced to look at what can we do? Can we break away from the growth is good kind of thesis and move to another one? And I'm a believer that we can, but in order to move to another way of thinking about our, our kind of economy and society, we actually need to start doing some work now. We can't just keep talking about it. Um, and the alternative to growth is good, Is focusing perhaps more on prosperity um, rather than growth and saying, actually, it's about the happiness. It's about access to a certain level of services, but not always your gold plated world leading services. We keep saying in Jersey. And I question, even when we say we need world world leading X and world leading Y, I'm kind of, but then we have to pay for world leading X and world leading Y. And then you get caught up in that growth is a good idea. Again, we are an island and I sometimes, we're a really, really small island. And I sometimes think people forget that.
1: One of the things that you've put forward to reimagine how we look at population is the idea of having net zero growth. What, what would be the building blocks of achieving that?
0: Well, that's it. Um, for me, net zero population growth, which means a, a stable population. So if you were to have it today, it'd be, let's say, 110,000 and it wouldn't grow. It wouldn't diminish either. Um, it'd be keeping it level. So net zero population growth, in my mind, is an aspiration that at some point, I believe Jersey will want to move into that um, situation, whether it's now at 110,000, whether it's, let's say, in 30 or 40 years' time at 150,000, whether it's in a century's time at 200,000 people. I don't know when we'll set that, but I think at some point we're going to have to just say, you know what, we really can't have any more population growth. But to achieve that and to be in a position to allow ourselves to do net zero population growth... What you said is absolutely right. We need to put in foundation stones certain building blocks because without those building blocks, net zero population growth is a meaningless phrase. It, it can't be done. And the basic ones are a broadening of our tax system um, away from a reliance on personal income tax because it, it's simple, especially when you've got a demographic um, that shows a kind of bulge at the top with an ageing population. In order to maintain current levels of services with a personal um, a a personal tax system you have to keep having more people coming in it's just that simple because you've got more pensioners more people towards the end of their lives um and i will be one of these you know we're talking kind of 20 years away 30 years away i'll be that 65 year old and um when we're that age we demand more on healthcare services naturally it makes a lot of sense that we do um and obviously it tends to be the case that people over 65 70 um work less, it's understandable, we, we want to retire. But if that's where the majority of our population is, then to keep the level of service, you, you have to keep feeding the system with, um, with people when personal income tax is your way of getting money into government. And so from that perspective, <clears throat> we have to broaden our tax base away from um, personal income tax, if we want to ever think about net zero population growth. And also um, the pension system and social security system, which relies on today's workers paying today's pensioners. Again, with an increasing number of pensioners. You need an increasing number of workers to pay those pensions. And so unless we change that system as well, we have no no ability ever to think of net zero population growth. It's not an option unless you change those two things at the very least.
1: I think I remember in a previous states debate, you described it as like a Ponzi scheme, the way yes. in which it's functioning. Yeah, the
0: pension scheme is a Ponzi scheme. and I, There are a lot of islanders who feel that way um, because it is. And it's not it's not derogatory to call it that. It's the way it was designed back in the 60s. And it seemed, I, I assume back then, it seems like the right way to do it but it's not a sustainable way to do it because, um, because again, it requires additional people to come to Jersey in order to maintain the system.
1: A lot of uh, what you've been talking about is, uh, you've talked about prosperity, for example, and making the island a vibrant place, and that's one of the key ways in which we can make our island an attractive place to remain for a lot of young people that uh, go away. Can you tell me a bit more about how we can achieve that vibrancy?
0: Well, one of the ways, is, um, I believe, is from a skills perspective and also do you know what i think it's really simple it's confidence it's young islanders in my view need to be um persuaded that they can have the confidence to do things and achieve things i mean one one of the things that makes any society vibrant is in my view young people um they have new ideas you know they, they want to create new projects do new things and so if we can instill a sense in our uh, School children, university students, and, and people in their 20s and 30s, that Jersey is a place for opportunity for them where they can really try new things and do new things, but in a way which doesn't require lots of people to come in, then, then I think we'll go a long way. And in the digital age, in an age where technology is increasingly doing um, all sorts of work, you know, it can be from perspective of running a hotel um you now can have robot cleaners so um immediately you you know the floors perhaps no longer need to be swept by a person they that can be done by a robot so you don't need quite as many people on the cleaning staff in a hotel um similarly uh at in other professions, a lot of our work in administration, fund administration, things like this, that can be automated. So um, I'm not asking for the mass redundancy of lots of people. What I'm saying is, is that we can set up businesses that use technology um, to their best effect to ensure that those businesses don't need a constant churn of people coming in, um, and and that way you can have a really vibrant, um, economically uh, um, successful place but without requiring population growth all the time. At the end of the day, prosperity is about happiness and about feeling that we're doing well. It's not about beating the person next door, which is what growth seems to be about.
1: Let's just pause a second on the uh, topic of young people. Uh, One of the key barriers we often hear about is the cost of housing and that being a major factor in many of them uh, going away. Now, to bring those house prices down, that presumably means that some older people will lose out. Their argument might be... I've had this house for a very long time, it's my right to have a have a property that has appreciated in value and I want to have that value for both myself and my family. I mean, how, how do we strike that balance? How on earth can we do one thing, helping, say, for example, a younger generation without the other being affected badly and vice versa? It,
0: it's incredibly difficult. You're absolutely right. And there is a generational issue and um, I found it very interesting that when COVID hit, um, speaking to my daughter's age group um which is kind of mid-teens um they some of the th- some of the ways they describe covid suggested that they had a certain resentment towards the older element of the older generation in our society um and that's incredibly sad but it's because they are growing up in a world or in an island I should say where they don't believe they can afford homes where they don't believe that their job prospects are going to be as good as their parents or their grandparents job prospects and that's a, an incredibly sad situation to be in I mean it's a kind of fairly old adage that the one generation expects you know to leave a situation where their the next generation will do better and for the first time in a long time we're looking at a situation where one generation is leaving a situation where the, The young generation will do worse as a result and and so i can understand why there's some resentment there it's um not it's 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 not what anybody wants and we need to work around that and to do that i believe that we need um the older generations and that includes me um to really look at what we're doing and saying hold on a sec should we really be taking all of this should we is it right that I live in a very big house until I'm kind of eighty or ninety, or should I be looking to downsize? Should I be doing something which, whilst it may put me out a little bit, uh, is the better thing for society? It's a really difficult um, question. It's, I believe, government can't ever mandate something like that. It has to incentivize. There can be tax breaks, stamp duty breaks, things like this to to make it financially a better choice, but. You know, if somebody at the end of the day wants to live in the house that they've lived in for 50 years and in the community they've lived in for 50 years, I think that's absolutely their right to do that. And um, we just have to ask them to to think about um, perhaps taking, making different choices. But again, um, I'm middle-aged. I can't stand moving house it's the chore I dislike the most of all the chores in life that I've come across I really dislike moving house to do that in my 70s or 80s is not something I I, I envisage wanting to do either so if I don't want to do it in my 40s I'm really not want, going to want to do it in my 70s or 80s but all we can do is try to incentivize the idea of downsizing in order to free up housing stock for, for the younger population I mean there's also another issue about home ownership and I think this is interesting my grandfather was a deputy um, for St Saviour's back in the 80s and 90s. And one of the things he always used to say was Jersey will be at a point where only the wealthy can own homes and everyone else would have to rent. And, it's so, and he said that not because that's what he wanted, but because that's what he saw the trends in society being. And certainly here we are kind of 30 or 40 years later, and that's exactly the position we're in. Um, you know, when it's £750,000 or thereabouts for an average three-bedroom family home... Uh, And wages are far, you know, they're a long way below that, your annual wage. If you're earning £70,000, that's a very good annual wage, but that's only 10% of of the amount. Most people are earning less than that. The average wage in Jersey is in the £40,000 area. Um, So we are absolutely in a situation where home ownership is not an aspiration for young people. That's incredibly difficult for them to accept and means that they then look, you know, further afield. I mean, I I saw a property in the UK... uh, just a few days ago in a magazine that I subscribed to and it was it was in Scotland, it was a farm but it's fifty acres um with farm buildings for three hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Wow. And okay, it it was north, you know, it was far north, but at the at the end of the day, you know, to buy fifty acres in Jersey it's going to be more like um thirty five million rather than three hundred and fifty thousand pounds. So, you know, for three hundred and fifty thousand pounds you can get a flat. That's that's about it.
1: One of the things you mentioned is that perhaps uh, some of these changes in thinking among the older generations wanting to downsize, for example, could be supplemented by financial incentives. But perhaps there's also a kind of a community and social argument that also needs to be made, you know, a kind of psychological rethinking of what we value. It seems that your argument is largely we need to move away from just thinking about the economic side of things and more towards prosperity wider societal happiness. How can we measure that and also how can we make that argument to people that this is something that we should try and value more?
0: Well it's very difficult to measure it Um, and to be fair to the government in Jersey they have been trying their their performance framework and um, also um, the new uh, public finance law talk about um, social well-being and performance framework is set up to not just measure the performance of government but to measure it in ways which aren't just economic which I think is really really important. Um, so there is an understanding that we can't just measure things purely in economic terms, and Jersey's government is, is attempting to do that. Um, but yeah, it's tricky. And one person's idea of happiness might not be the next person's idea of happiness. So, so that's very difficult as well. I think one of the things we need to try to do, which is what I'm concerned Jersey is really losing, is try to focus or find again that real sense of community. Now, COVID, one one of the better side of COVID was that many ways whilst we were all trapped in our houses and our flats um, there was a big kind of movement within the community to help people and to help each other and to help those who are more vulnerable and that was a really positive side which shows that Jersey still has a real sense of community but at the same time perhaps what we're not seeing is the same level of mixing between generations. Um, It's one of the reasons I love the Battle of Flowers and the Battle of Flowers is wonderful, not because the parade that they put on in August so much. It's when you go into the um, huts and the sheds and you'll see 80 year olds working with eight year olds making flowers to put on those floats. And that's when you realise, hold it, that's what community is about. And so if if we can perhaps bring find our way back to that sense of intergenerational community where we're hit there to support each other, young people learn from old people. And old people also learn from young people. And we also gain huge happiness from that interaction. And so perhaps if we can find that again, um, or saying that makes it sound like it's gone. It hasn't gone. But perhaps if we can really focus on that intergenerational element of life and um, that will help. And one of the things I do worry about, especially when you talk about buying... um, kind of affordable homes for young people and sheltered housing for old people is i worry about a ghettoization of different generations and that's a really bad place to be in when we're building houses and we're building estates we need to be making sure that we have old people living alongside young people because um if we if we split those two apart then we really are ripping at the heart of our censor community
1: so if we manage to achieve this net zero population mm. target, imagine this vision does come to life. What will Jersey look like in, in 50 years in your view?
0: Well, in my view, Jersey will look like um, a, a very satisfied and happy place. Um, it's a place where industry continues. Um, but it's, as I said, using technology to ensure that it, Jer- Jersey's industries across the board are Operating at peak economic efficiency, but without the input of human labour. So um, technology picking up that 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 level of human labour. And another element I think of Jersey, which I'm really keen on, is that, particularly in the public service, is that we stop just looking towards the UK. I think in order to achieve this, we have to have the best minds. And so in order to achieve that, we have to look beyond just the UK. We have to look internationally for the people that can help us. Um, and also... I believe, so, so when we do have a place to fill, that we need an outside person to do, which we always will, we're never gonna get rid of the need to bring skills into Jersey, but that we look globally for those people. Um, and similarly, and perhaps the most important part, is that Jersey is a confident place. And f- for that, we need young people in Jersey to believe that they can achieve whatever they want in this island. And so we need a civil service that they look at and think, oh, I can rise to the top. We don't have that at the moment because the civil service has not got um, Jersey people in the top levels of the civil service. There's no one that they can look at for um, a, as a role model. And it's the same in business, is that if you do want to go into business, that it's easy. It's Jersey's always been such an enterprising place, we mustn't bog it down with regulation. And so I want young islanders to look and think, I can set up that business, I can set up that store in the retail sector which which is run like no other business that is trialing new technologies to do it and if i fail that doesn't matter i will have learned and then i'll be able to move on and set up a second business which will be more successful and so jersey needs to we need to really instill a sense of confidence within young islanders and that for me is one of the biggest issues that we have to grapple with over the next immediate the immediate future the next few years
1: deputy morel thank you Thanks for listening to this week's Bailiwick Express podcast. To follow the latest reporting on Jersey's population problem, visit bailiwickexpress.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like, share and direct your friends to listen to our previous episodes in all the usual pod places. The title and end track was I Shift My Weight by Luno. More next week from me, Fiona the Express